listening to the Born Primitive Podcast. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Born Primitive Podcast. I am without my co-host, Big Tony. Uh, he is on dad duty. Uh, just had his second child. So I'm running this one solo. Um, really excited for today's guest. This was a long time coming. Um, we have been, um, you know, kind of aligning our schedules and we finally got this one booked. Um, but for all the, the CrossFit nerds like me out there, I think you're going to particularly like this guest. Um, ten times CrossFit Games champion. Four of those were in the individual. Uh, I call him the MJ of CrossFit. Um, and he is the founder of CrossFit Mayhem and Mayhem Athlete uh, out of Cookville, Tennessee. And also um, has you know become quite a successful businessman in other endeavors, including Froning Farms, uh, which is 100% natural, 100% American-made uh, bison snacks. Um, but perhaps most importantly, on his um, bio, I would say he's a man of God and a family man. So, without further ado, uh, super stoked, Rich Froning, welcome to the Born Primitive Podcast. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Uh, like we said, kind of off before you, yeah, I think that last line is uh, the most important one to me for sure. Yeah, and it's it's been cool for you know we were Rich and I were talking before we, we hit record here, but but seeing guys like you, Rich, that were in the spotlight, and, if, and you still are, um, like you walk around, people are still going to stop and probably want to take a picture with with Rich Froning. But um, since kind of your moment in the spotlight in the, as a CrossFit Games individual and of course team, um, it's cool to see guys like you continue to excel um, outside of the arena. And I would say you know Jason Kalipa is another cool example of, you know, it's mostly what I see through Instagram and just the content putting out. But with your business endeavors, it seems like you have a wildly successful affiliate. You've expanded into programming, um, which I would imagine is probably a pretty good source of income. It, you know, you, you have the credibility coming from you as, as the goat um, of knowing how to program. And I'm sure you have coaches that are assisting in it, of course. And then you go, you know, launch the, the, the Froning Farms thing, man. So it's like, what what can't you do? And I guess, First question is, is walk us through kind of those other business endeavors um, and um, how like you, you got into it. Obviously, the affiliate was kind of implied. I mean, that was kind of happening right. as you were right. a CrossFit athlete. But to then get into programming and then this wild idea of throwing farms and even your all's gear, man, like, you know, we run an apparel company, of course, but I see your all's gear online and like you guys do really well. You know, the, the prey shirts and things like that, you know, into the storm, like that's all really good shit. Um, so as a fellow entrepreneur, um, I have mad respect for what you've done outside the arena. Yeah, man. I mean, if it really comes back to the people we have around here and the kind of the people that we've picked up along the way and who've kind of joined the team, you know, I have a, a sport background, team sports background, played baseball, played football growing up. And really that's what it comes down to. You know, I couldn't do it by myself, even as an individual athlete, you know, it was still a group of people that I was training with on a regular basis. You know, I'd have different guys and girls come in at different times. So pushing me in different areas. So, man, I, I really look back to it with my kids now. I'm like, Hey, let's play some team sports because I see such a benefit in it and it transfers into everything in life. You know, obviously schooling and education is huge, but man, I'd right along with it is, is being able to deal with people, um, how to motivate different people, how different people handle different things. Um, sports are huge. And so with mayhem, you know, like you said, it was kind of a basic how a gym would start other than, you know, it, me and my cousin, I, I was a firefighter, um, worked as a full-time firefighter. They paid my tuition to Tennessee tech, uh, in the process, the head strength and conditioning coach, uh, showed us a CrossFit video and he was like, Hey man, 
you're a firefighter, you're obviously like working out, you should check this out. And kind of the rest is history from there. Um, got my level one, loved it. And then my cousin who me and his brother were 11 days apart. He's one of six boys. He lost his older brother and he was kind of in a, like a weird kind of funky spot. And I was like, Hey, why don't you move to Tennessee? And his mom's like, that's fine. He's 18. But the one rule is he's got to find a job, Well, we couldn't really find him a job. So we were like, Hey, let's, let's start training people in CrossFit. And so the affiliate really started there and it's kind of had this kind of like in and out type deal in the process. We had CrossFit mayhem when I started competing. Um, we, we got the affiliation, uh, Dave Castro was like, Hey, um, where do you train? And I told him we couldn't afford the affiliation fee. So he's like, Hey, email me on Monday. So that's where CrossFit Mayhem was born. You know, we would use CrossFit, but we didn't have the money to be able to even call it CrossFit. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is so, Dave still waving the fee? Or are you guys finally uh, paying that uh, fee? <laughs> I think, actually, I think we got a lifetime wave. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we did affiliate the barn a couple years ago just for the open and stuff. So I think we do actually pay for the barn to be affiliated, um, but it's a nonprofit. And so, um, you know, through that process, like I said, we, we kind of merged with CrossFit Cookville for a little while because it was ran out of the um, strength and conditioning facility at Tennessee Tech. And it just didn't make sense because I was a GA there for a while after I, I was done with the fire department. And so in a weird roundabout way, we Chip ended up closing that because he kind of stepped down as the strength and conditioning coach. So we didn't have a place to do it anymore. So we reopened CrossFit Mayhem. And kind of my rules with that was I wanted Darren to have a job. Um, I wanted the people of Cookville to have a good place to do CrossFit, and I didn't want to lose money. So that was really the the basis of CrossFit Mayhem when it reopened, and, and we're doing that now. So, um, you know, CrossFit Mayhem has been, man, it's the most successful it's ever been. Uh, the actual physical Cookville location, Josh does an incredible job with that and the team here. Um, you know, it's cool to see. You know, at, at first it was uh, it was interesting. You know, I think everybody looked at CrossFit Mayhem in Cookville and thought, oh, that's only where – you know, elite CrossFitters go. And we've had a couple of affiliates come and go in Cookville. And finally, I think people have realized, hey, you know, Mayhem is, if you walk in here at any time throughout the day, you're going to see um, our oldest members, 84, 83 years old. And then obviously we have, you know, my kids are probably our youngest members. We've got a couple younger than that now, which are four and five years old. So we've got the full spectrum and it's, it's really cool to see high level athletes in the back, you know, kind of have an athlete facility back there. But also mixing in with, you know, I'll take the class every once in a while. We'll see some of the athletes take the class. So CrossFit Mayhem is kind of this, I guess, ecosystem of high-level athletes and people who just want to be fit for life. And so that's been really cool. That's been a ton of fun. Um, like you were saying with the Mayhem athlete stuff, that was just kind of a natural progression, I guess, is when, you know, online programming got big. We just literally took what I did. We called it What's Rich Doing. And people could follow along. We stole that tag from Jason Khalifa. He still wants uh, rights to that. But, you know, <laughs> he kind of wrote that on his wall and it was in the documentary. And we were like, hey, that's a great name for a program. So we called it What's Rich Doing. And literally, it's just I, I keep a log on a note and uh, we post that. But that's it's morphed into more than that. Now we've got, you know, 30 minute at home, no equipment workouts garage gym workouts everyday hero which is more towards military police fire a little less gymnastics more grunt work type stuff and then on the upper end we've got compete which is you know people that are are training to go to the crossfit games remotely and we have individual coaching in there so that's kind of morphed into this whole other business jake flocker oversees that and um 
we've brought in, you know, a bunch of coaches in the last couple months to really help with the individual side. We saw that, you know, the kind of need for that. So that's morphed into something. And then, like you said, Broning Farms really didn't even really start out as a business or we weren't really thinking about making a business. It was me and my best friend growing up, Matt. Um, we both live, you know, we grew up a mile from each other. We now live a mile from each other and we had 160 acres and he, we were both firefighters at the same time and he did cattle on his off days. So he knew cattle and I'm like, Hey, we got this land. I don't want our kids to be shitheads. Um, so let's come up with some chores that they have to do. Let's raise some cattle. And, uh, in the process, I read American Buffalo by Stephen Ronella, and man, I've just always something cool about Buffalo bison. And uh, I was like, "Hey, let's do let's do bison." He's like, "Yeah, but I don't I don't know anything about bison." I'm like, "Yeah, me either." So we'll learn it. And uh, man, it's been awesome. It's been a cool endeavor, and it's morphed into a business. You know, like you said, apparel and meat snacks and healthy healthy meat snacks instead of you know I see people eating Slim Jims or some of that other stuff, and you're just like, man, you look at our stuff, and there's very limited ingredients and it tastes good. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of irons in the fire, but like I said, it all always comes back to where I started with, with having a team around you, trusting those guys and girls and, and, you know, not being afraid to step in and, and, uh, my leadership style is more of a, like, Hey, I'll get in there and grind with you versus I'm not going to just stand there and tell you what to do. And, um, really came from my parents, you know, they're both that style where, you know, I hated chores as a kid, but they were going to be right there with us and, and doing the chores with us. And so I guess it's just kind of turned into my leadership style. That's awesome. So it's a really man. long roundabout. No, you know, that's, that's a great years consolidated into to one. That's a great summary, man. And it's, it's, you know, you're kind of downplaying, uh, you know, these endeavors that have become very successful, but it is kind of cool to see, you know, like the mayhem programming, like it, it started off of like, Hey, what is rich doing? Right. And yeah, yeah. It probably was kind of around the concept of, Hey, this guy just won the CrossFit games four years in a row in dominant fashion. There's probably a lot of people out there that are interested in how this guy trains and the programming he uses. Right. So like, right. Of course that morphed into, you know, like the, the, what it has now become, but that's so cool that it was almost this offhand, like thought of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and been, then, like I said, it's and, just a note that we just kept up with and put it on the <laughs> internet on Wattify. And, and it, at what point did you realize, Hey, this is actually something we can monetize because as I look at like the programming business, um, you know, there's a few big ones that like, you know, I imagine you all kind of compete, uh, you know, in a similar, um, you know, you're fishing from a similar pond of people. Um, and it's cool that you've expanded outside of just like CrossFitters, you know, you have like the, the yeah, you know, hero. That's and, our big thing uh, now is, yeah, it's trying to, you know, obviously we, we know CrossFit works and we, but there's this kind of stigma of, of like, oh, I'll get hurt or, or I don't need to be doing all this gymnastic stuff. And that's kind of where we've gone with the everyday hero. And actually, I didn't even realize, but I'm wearing the shirt, the Mayhem Hunt. And that's kind of the idea with what we're going to move towards as well with with the hunting style stuff is like we have this incredible background of, you know, fitness and, and training people. And I've really gotten over probably the last six years into Western style hunting. And so, like, when I'm hunting, I'm thinking, all right, how can I make this easier when I come back in a couple months, come back next year, whatever it is. And so I was like, Hey, let's, let's do some stuff around some hunt stuff. Cause that's just what I'm passionate about right now. Like I've almost fallen in love with, it's almost by like next, you know, I, I'll do the mountain biking. I did Leadville this year, which was a ton of fun and a different like challenge, but also in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, the mountain biking will help me getting ready for hunting season. So, um, yeah, I think it's just looking at different things and not necessarily even trying to monetize it. It's like, Hey, I like to do it. So obviously other people like to do it. So how can we help them one, but also 
paid for what we're doing in the process, you know? Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I am uh, trying to get into the hunt uh, scene as well. You know, we launched our outdoor brand last September and we're working with Aaron Snyder, you know, big bow hunter. I'm sure you've probably come across yep. Aaron. Yeah, all the videos, uh, yep. We were supposed to, do, him and I were supposed to do a big mountain goat hunt in British Columbia uh, in August. And I had to pull out. I, I was going to um, deal with some personal stuff. But uh, but next year, we're, we're planning on getting out there. And I, right, do, right. I know Dude. once you get that taste, man, and, and you, you experience that, it seems like it's like, hundred percent of the guys just get hooked on it. And it's just, it's, it's an incredible thing. And I, I know you probably take a lot of heat, you know, when you're showing your hunting install, I mean, you know, we need to get into that because that is, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah. it's cool, yeah. man, that you've been, you know, we talked about this off air, but it, you, as you've gotten, you know, out of your, your competitive career, you know, at least the, the, you know, the, the main part, um, you, you seem to become even more authentic than you were before. And, and you, you kind of have taken the approach of, Hey, this is who I am. Um, I wouldn't argue it's controversial at all. Like I align right, with, right. you know, your values right. and principles, but you know, you know, in our current society, you in post that hunting pic, picture or you talk about God or, you know, you talk about this and all of a sudden you got all these people coming out of their keyboards and you know, you yep. know how it goes. So the but it's been gives cool. everybody a voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you have appeared to say kind of pretty steadfast and in, in, in not having to, you know, kind of bend to that. Um, and that's been cool to see, man. Cause I, I do think we need a lot more authenticity right now in our society um sure. and uh everyone doesn't have to always go in the, the direction the wind's blowing that day you know what no I mean? no and then man i had a i have a good friend jim hensel um and he's like if 50 percent of the people love you 50 percent hate you you're probably doing it right you know because you can't you can't make everybody happy and um you know I've, i tried to be authentic even when i was an athlete but let's be honest i didn't do a ton when i was an athlete i only thought about competing and only like to be the best in the world at anything you're hyper-focused on that. So it's hard to be controversial because all I was thinking about was training and doing those types of things. And then now I'm like, I got a little bit more free time to meddle and, and, and think about those things and actually be, you know, have an opinion on those things or, you know, do different things in life. So that's probably why I'm a little bit more, I guess what we would call normal, but you know, and the internet would probably call it controversial. For sure. And, and we've honestly, I've kind of become that with Born Primitive a little bit. And, and part of it, I think in, in the beginning is it's a little bit of fear of like, you know, this is this is my business, right? We have 75 yeah. employees. Absolutely. We have like six international distributors all over the world. Like there's a lot riding on the success of the business. Yeah, it's so not just in, you, it's other yeah. people. In, in the early years, I was always a little gun shy to, to kind of put our values out there just because it's like, oh, I just kind of want to make everyone happy. And, I, you know, I realized as we got more established that you have to stand for something you can't be yep. afraid of, the, of that. And or you're you, just you, another brand. Exactly. Um, yep. And um, if you're trying to speak to everyone, you're speaking to no one, right? So, yep. hey, you know, be proud of what you stand for. Um, you know, don't waver. Um, and uh, and then more people will be stoked to rep what you, you know, what you represent and what that logo means. Um, so, yep. uh, you know, I've seen that through for, through what you've done. Um, I kind of have a dorky, you know, CrossFit question Go going back to, to the, you know, the, the individual days. And I, I would imagine even into the team. But your programming, and I'm trying to articulate the best I can, but in the early days, the, the, the programming concept of CrossFit, I think, was still kind of the wild frontier, right? Yeah, like it, sure. it, and I would say it's still kind of getting figured out, but you guys have yeah. refined it quite a bit. And right. it's this weird thing because, you know, you, you were a collegiate baseball player, right? Yep. And, you know, I played, you know, football in college. We came from the world of kind of conventional strength and conditioning mm -hmm. that 
a lot of these tr- strength coaches, probably even my coach from college, even though he's the man, would look at CrossFit and laugh and be like, that doesn't make any sense. You're right. not programming enough recovery. Why would you ever do th- 30 clean and jerks in a row? That makes no sense. Like we're doing three at most with like a five minute rest. You know what I mean? To get right. that explosive right. power. And yep. so we, we flipped this thing on its head. Um, where the volume of training is insane. Um, you know I mean? There's so you, from what I remember with your programming in the early days, the volume you were doing was just nuts. Um, and maybe it still is. And I guess walk me through how you came up with that. Like, cause you almost seem to be a little bit of a maverick. And I, and I wonder if that is a big reason why you were successful, uh, and you were the four time, you know, back to back to back, you know, four in a row. Do you think you were doing more programming than your competition? Um, or do you think like the Kalipas and all those guys were still doing the same, but maybe you were doing it, you know, in a slightly more scientific way. But I just remember seeing some videos where you would like show all your programming and it'd be like, this guy just trained yeah, six, yeah. you trained <laughs> yeah, six a days a week. And then on Sunday, you'd be like, I'm going on like an eight mile hike. That was like your right. recovery, you know? Yeah. And it was like, how the heck does this guy maintain that volume? But then you'd see on Sunday of the CrossFit games, you know, Rich Froning would That's, be coming, right. you know what I mean? And usually That's would where like, make my money. Yeah. You would like chunk a workout on like day one and get like 35th <laughs> on like a, on a swim or something. Yep. But it was like, you I knew Rich, you, you knew on Sunday, like stand by. Cause, cause that's Rich's day. Right. 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 Um, it's, you know, it's kind of like tiger, you know, throwing the red on, on the Sunday. Right. And, uh, and it was always really cool to see. And I always wondered, you know, how much of that is attributed to you, to the, your programming that on Sunday you were still good to go and the other athletes were starting to get beaten down from the, from the programming. So kind of a, a you know, you go anywhere with that one, but I'm just yeah. from a, from um, a human performance standpoint, how the heck did you come yeah, up right. with the programming? And did you just kind of say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to err on the side of being overly aggressive. And I hope, you know, when I get to the games, it, it pays off. Yeah, man. I think it's, it's kind of a mix of all, all of everything, to be honest. It's like, genetics let's like you can't you you can't play or can't say that genetics don't play some type of role in you know what my body's made up of different muscle fibers how my body can handle volume versus others you know guys and girls that just get hurt all the time it is what it is you know is that a hurt is it a real injury is it mental like there's a mental piece to it so like I don't want to like downplay any of that and say that you know I'm not genetically predisposed to just be good at crossfit I'm five nine you know, like almost the perfect height for it, whatever, you know, like CrossFit's one sport that you're like, Hey, it may actually pay off to be a little smaller, a little shorter, whatever it is. So there's all these things, my upbringing with my parents and hard work and all that stuff, all of that. Yes. But for me, you know, I think having the exercise science background, looking at it from that standpoint, having a really good grasp on what CrossFit is, was, you know, the different energy systems. Like I said, you can go into the science of it, And then partial, you know, yes, I had a grasp on that. And then also like, I just liked to work out and enjoyed that. And we've, you know, I've kind of come to terms with over the years that there's probably some type of substance abuse or there is some substance abuse history in my family. And I think fitness and that like adrenaline, the high from working out was a little bit of my, you know, substance abuse. And then I just didn't want anybody else to outwork me. So I thought I had to keep doing more. And, you know, you see highlights and snapshots of people's life and you're like, oh, they're doing this much. I got to do more. And so I think it's just kind of a, um, a culmination of all of that stuff of like, hey, you know, I need to do more. I like to work out. 
I've got a good system. I've got good people here that would always, you know, if I needed somebody to jump in, they would. And so I guess the answer to your question is yes, all of those things. And, you know, for, for football. Yeah, absolutely. Like we know that the more powerful you are, the better off it's going to be. So threes and fives, we don't need to be doing 30 clean and jerks for time, but in the CrossFit, when we're training for general physical preparedness, maybe we're going to have to pick something up multiple times and move stuff and do all these things. So you're training for two different things. If I have, like I, I'm working with my high school, ex high school baseball team doing some programming. Yeah. We're going to do some CrossFit. I might take some CrossFit methodology, but here's the deal. I know the demands of the sport. And so I'm going to change a little bit of that more towards like these kids need to be able to hit it, you know, like one max effort swing, whatever it is. And then like a, like a, what is a 60 yard dash, like six seconds. So I'm going to train more towards that. If we start pushing, you know, doing long endurance stuff, we're going to lose some on that back end. And so, you know, you can take some of CrossFit's principles, the, you know, um, high intensity functional movements and constantly vary it. But if we know the demands of the sport, we don't want to vary it too much. So we're going to do more high intensity and, and functional movement. And so I think, like I said, I think having the background of all of that, having, you know, probably some type of mental issue on wanting to work out all the time um, helped with that. And then, you know, we watched videos where we were like, all right, you know, it says only to work out once. I remember the first day we did two workouts in a day. We did one workout in the morning. We're like, all right, we're good. You know, like you go to a level one, they're like, if you work out twice, you could die. And then that <laughs> afternoon we did a workout. We're like, maybe we you want to try to work out again and see, see what happens. And we didn't die. And we were like, oh, we can work out twice a day. And so that's how two days happened. And so, man, it's just been a thing. And I, I, I feel better when I move every day. And so, you know, we talk about the Sunday, th Thursdays and Sundays usually around here are pretty light. Um, and I'll probably do more than most on a Thursday and Sunday just because I liked, I like to work out. I like to, you know, as long as my body's not too beat up, um, once I get moving, you know, most days I'm still pretty beat up, but, um, I'll get moving and I just feel better, you know? So it's, uh, it's been something. And, and now I'm like, do as I do, as I say, not as I did, you know, cause we've <laughs> learned, learned some things throughout the year. And then back then, you know, we were training for, as soon as the games were over, we did the invitational, which was team USA. And so, I'm training for that because I want to win that as a team. Like I, I'm representing my country. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to win. So there was no real off season. And so now we've kind of learned that, all right, Hey, let's take a little bit of downtime just for mental, you know, peace of mind. Like I've noticed like some of these kids just get burnt out real easy, you know, where like back then it's just what we did. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're learning, still learning really. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure, you know, just at the physical level that that Sunday payoff that that had to be a real thing. I know for some sure. of it might for have been was sure. mental where you were like, OK, this is my day. But no, there had sure. to be a I physical think... component where you could see, all right, these people are a little banged up, a little beat up. Um, let's and let's I'm, put uh, the metal down. Yep. Yeah. Let's slam a couple PBJs and get after yep. it. Let's go. <laughs> right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> Hey, everybody, just want to interrupt the podcast super quick uh, to let you know that our biggest sale of the year is coming up this Wednesday. Um, this is always a huge moment for us. So if you've been waiting to stock up on Born Primitive or if you're new to us and have never shopped us before, this is a unique opportunity. Uh, one cool thing to call out, we will have VIP early access. Um, you'll get a two hour head start. 
And most importantly, everyone who shops during that window will get a free pair of joggers or leggings with their purchase. Um, no caveat, no catch. Uh, so head to the link in our bio or head to our website. Um, you can sign up to get on that list. On Wednesday, uh, you will get a text with an exclusive link to shop uh, that two-hour uh, early window. Uh, so uh, go ahead and sign up. Uh, it'll run through Monday. Um, so plenty of opportunities to get on there, but what kind of while supplies last and uh, get after it. Uh, so, you know, speaking of the CrossFit stuff, you know, Rich and I were talking before we went on air about uh, the first time I met Rich was at the 2013 uh, CrossFit Central East Regional. Uh, that was Central in, East. You remember that was before. Oh, yeah, yeah and it was uh, yep. Columbus. And I think it was at the like the like the fairground yep. facility. Remember? Huge fairground. Uh, and and, uh, and I, you know, to me, man, like I, you know, I reminisce. But those in my mind was like the glory days. Right. Um, and, and that was my first time ever competing. And, you know, I was on our regional team and I didn't even know what the heck cross it was. I had, you know, nice. I had started it not that long ago. Um, they took this meathead football guy and taught him how to do muscle ups. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. I like to compete. Sweet. Yeah. It gave me an outlet to, to kind of get back in the arena, but, uh, met you in the warm up area. Um, and then my, the co-founder Mallory snuck into the warm up area and, and was doing a survey on our snatch shorts, which is our product. I don't know if you remember this, she had a clipboard and she was going around and bugging all nice. the athletes all right. and we snuck her in. Uh, I think she put some, you know, booty shorts and a sports bra on, maybe put yep. some chalk Sleep on. Right so past. she looked like an yep. athlete slipped right past, um, so we still joke about that. Um, that's and awesome. she was, um, so that's, that was our first experience. And then we were able to punch our ticket. We actually went with, with your team got first, you know, obviously you were competing as an individual. We got second. Um, oh, okay. I think it was it, nice. uh, Thomas, I think was the, the big Thomas guy. Cox, Darren, uh, yeah. And, uh, ben, it, yeah, so ben, we, we, I think Jackie, Jen and Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. So we got to go, uh, we got second. Yeah. Y'all got first that year and got to go out to Carson and, and see the magic. Um, yeah. and it, that kind of goes into my next question is when I, when I look at CrossFit now and I had Dave on the, on the, on the pod and he, he, you know, was really transparent and it was a great, great conversation. Uh, but you know, as I look at the sport in my mind, it's lost a little bit of the magic. Um, when I look back to the Carson days, with rich under the lights and the Kalipas and you know, that Saturday night workout in the tennis stadium. And it was this electric man. Um, and it just seemed like CrossFit was take, was sweeping across the country and the world. And it was just, it was on fire. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, Dave was, you know, I think pretty tr transparent kind of saying, yeah, you know, there were a few years where they kind of lost a, a little bit of momentum and obviously getting hit with the pandemic didn't help. Um, and, uh, you know, we all have a stake in, in the success of CrossFit yeah, and, and sure. I'll, I'll admit, man, Born, prim born primitive would not be what it is without CrossFit. Um, we I were mean, born in CrossFit. Yep. And the, I would say a, a huge, maybe not the, probably the biggest reason we were successful is because we were growing with this outlier event that was happening in society in, in fitness yep. that we just happened to latch onto. And I, since I was in the scene competing, like it was like, like that's, it only made sense to grow our brand there. So I attribute all of our success to that, um, at least in the early days. So when I look at the health of CrossFit, you know, we, we kind of are all stakeholders. Obviously you are as well yep. being yep. an affiliate owner and doing programming. Um, but like, as you look at CrossFit, just like, uh, in your honest opinion, do you think, is it, is it on the rise? Is it on the decline? Are there, are there warning signs that we need to look out for? Um, do, do you feel like it's getting, the ship is getting steered in the right direction right now? I mean, I'm a hundred percent with you on, you know, we wouldn't be here without CrossFit. I 100% believe in the methodology of CrossFit. Um, 
believe in the community of, you know, of CrossFit. It's incredible when you go to these events, you just see how, how many lives have been impacted. And, you know, I guess it's just hard, you know, it's, it's a sport. Um, yeah, obviously I wouldn't even contribute to the pandemic. I'd contribute it to the 2017 restructure of the entire system of the games with sanctionals and all that stuff, which I actually didn't hate the sanctional model, but I just think, man, it was, you know, CrossFit not having a, a full media team, those types of things. And we've got so many different, um, you know, kind of platforms in the space. Like we all, we all want CrossFit to succeed. We all need CrossFit to succeed for all of us to be around or that's what we want. And so it is hard. You know, I feel like when I, if I'm to pinpoint something, I'd say 2017, 2018 was kind of the, the decline. And I, you know, we can look at, you know, was it the, the restructuring of the games, the firing of the entire media staff, was that it? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was already to that tipping point. I mean, you look at the games to that point, you know, I think the statistic was they were losing money, but you look at the games and it was kind of a, uh, what I look at it, look at it as is a marketing tool for CrossFit, you know, like it's not necessarily what CrossFit is. It's not what you're going to do in your gym for the most part. It is one expression of it. It's the, the highest of highs, like, Hey, this is what doing CrossFit in excess in, you know, probably in an unhealthy way will get you to like, that's really, to be honest, to be a professional in any sport in anything, you have to overdo it, but Hey, it's a, a kind of a, uh, a festival for all of us to come together and celebrate what is possible through fitness and to tell all these stories and meet up with other people that do it across the world. That's what's so awesome about it is it doesn't matter where you go, what country, we don't speak the same language, but it attracts the same type of people. And those people are, you know, you, you learn a lot with people through shared suffering and, yes, you know, yes. obviously like CrossFit, you know, I always tell people CrossFit is for everybody, but not everybody's for like, you don't want to, not everybody wants to do CrossFit. Some people don't want to hurt. And I, you, people like us probably seek out challenges. Like I need, I need something that is hard so I can make sure and kind of like, it's a litmus test for me. Where am I at mentally? Where am I at? Um, you know, I need challenges. I need something to train for. Uh, it's just my nature. And so that's why I'm attracted so much to CrossFit and enjoy it so much is like, I like hard things and like to find out, um, where I stand and where I'm at in life at that moment. And so, man, I, 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 I want CrossFit to write the, you know, CrossFit HQ ship. And I, I feel like, you know, bringing Dave back was a big thing. Um, I feel like the games this year was awesome. Um, I don't know from a number standpoint, but the programming was cool. We had that, um, kind of our campground set up, which was awesome. Having people in and out of there, seeing the community there. I hope we're riding the ship, but here's the deal is like, we're going to keep being CrossFit mayhem or keep being mayhem and, and, you know, use CrossFit methodology. We 100% stand by that. And then if you walk into these doors at CrossFit mayhem, you're going to see community. So that's the big things. And so I, I don't think it's, you know, everybody wants to point fingers at CrossFit HQ on what they're doing, but it's, it's not up to them. It's up to us as CrossFit affiliates, as, CrossFit athletes, um, you know, everyday athlete or high level athlete to kind of keep, keep the name of CrossFit, uh, going. <clears throat> and so I think the hard part too, is like, you know, a lot of these guys and girls, it's what we wanted. We wanted to professionalize sports. We wanted athletes to get paid. They don't train in affiliates much anymore. They don't coach at affiliates much anymore. 
And so they're not as connected to the community. And so it's, you know, I don't know if it's some hard for some people to connect with those guys and girls because of that. But I mean, you still go to some of these events at Rogue and stuff like that. You see people pretty passionate about the athletes. So I don't, to answer your question, I don't think it's, I think it's us as a CrossFit community that are, are the ones that are supposed to like, you know, keep pushing our affiliates, keep pushing our gyms and bringing people in and, and changing people's lives that way. And I think the CrossFit Games is a separate thing. It's a, not, it shouldn't be completely separate. Yeah, like it's a marketing tool for CrossFit, uh, but I don't think that's CrossFit.com or CrossFit HQ's job, you know, to do that, to, to promote that as much as it is our job to like go out and, you know, tell people how awesome CrossFit is. Not like weird, but, you know, invite people to come <laughs> work out, you know? Yeah, no, and, and I think the the people that have participated in it, it, the reason it's successful is you hit the nail on the head is that shared suffering, mm-hmm. um, and, and it creates that community. You know, you could drop in, you know, when I when I was in the military, I was traveling all over the world, you know, country for sure, but the world yep. as well. And any affiliate you dropped into, if we were on a training trip and we were in a city for three or four weeks. Like by the end of week one, you're tight with like everyone yeah, in the you're class. Part of that you, gym. Yeah. you know that five thirty class or maybe the six a.m. And it's just it would Those take a couple workouts. Those are the most passionate classes. Those yeah. are our most. It, I'm like, if you work yeah. out at five o'clock, you have to be passionate. Yeah, you're you're a freaking psycho. Um, yeah. And uh, so you know you it, it's once you've kind of experienced it, you, you it makes sense. I, I understand yep. now why this is a world phenomenon. And then if you've never done that style of fitness. And you, you know, you kind of feel the kind of the euphoria and just this, you know, that and then as people's bodies transform, particularly people that maybe weren't elite athletes um, and they start seeing like some abs showing some up results, in their deltoid yeah. and they're like, oh, damn, I'm, I'm getting kind of maybe a little bit yoked and I've never been yoked in my life. And then yeah. so then there's there's that. But then you look forward to it more from a social component um, because you're, you know, you, you know, hanging out in the warm up and like, you know, just seeing how, so th- I think that's the, that's the secret sauce. That's why it, it achieves success. And I hope obviously, um, you know, it continues to, um, you know, be successful for, for everyone's sake, um, because I do truly believe in it. Um, and I still yeah. do it um, actively. So, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I know the games is a, is a totally different dynamic, but I agree with you that it, it almost becomes a marketing wheel yeah. um, for yeah. just the, the health of the sport in general. But, you know, I was curious for you, like, you know, because I've seen headlines and stuff over the years, but like, does CrossFit still involve you much? Like, you know what I mean? And, and is, are you all on like good terms? I feel like they would want you as a still like a spokesperson of the sport. Is there any weird, like bad blood there? I don't have any, you know, agreement whatsoever, you know, um, any written anything with them. Um, yeah. no bad blood. You know, I think, uh, we're still a CrossFit, we're still a CrossFit affiliate. We still, you know, like I said, I'm 100% believe in the uh, methodology, 100% believe in the community, but here's the, here's the deal. Like with what we do, like I've got control over my, our space, you know, like what we have. And so I've got to look out for all of our people here that like you're saying, you're 75 employees. We have, I've got to take care of my guys and girls and our team. And so, yeah, we're going to definitely safeguard some things and, you know, get into different things. And so, you know, like I said, we've got the individualized programming and we have the mayhem affiliate programming. And so, you know, there's gyms out there. I think we're around 1800 ish, maybe 2000 ish that do our programming at their gyms. Wow. That is, that's crazy. I mean, it's awesome. It's, that's awesome. CrossFit, you know, like, yeah, I'm not, we're not, you know, 
I'm not at odds whatsoever with CrossFit and, and hope that they don't ever see that. And I don't think, you know, like me and Dave, we joke around and, um, if Dave ever needed something like truly needed something, not just like, Hey, I need you to come, you know, help with whatever for something that, you know, is not, but if he needed true help, then I'd be there. And I've always been like, Hey, if CrossFit, if, if, if it's for the betterment of CrossFit and now, I mean, I would be a hundred percent lying if I didn't say if, if it's in the best interest of CrossFit mayhem or mayhem, then, you know, I'm going to support that first, but we're in line with CrossFit. And so I, you know, I want CrossFit to succeed and CrossFit HQ to succeed. Cause here's the deal is like, <clears throat> you've got your, I'm just going to use, you know, the three kind of names at the moment or four, I guess you got mayhem, you got proven, you've got hwpo and you got street parking like here's the deal is we're all doing crossfit and the name crossfit is better if we're all together like you know we all succeed if more people are doing crossfit through crossfit they're going to find kind of our names or or our kind of niche and so um yeah it's we're better together and so i think crossfit doing well is better for all of us yeah yeah the, the rising tide raises all ships man. all ships right yep um, yeah, well, yeah, curious to see, you know, how it'll play out. And I know, um, you know, there's a lot changing. It's a very dynamic thing. And I, I, to Dave's credit, I told him on, on the podcast that like, it was such a meteoric and unprecedented rise that there's no right. way you can navigate that growth yeah. without some mishaps. Right. Yep. And, you know, Dave, Dave joked about like, they deleted the Instagram handle when there was like, you know, like 2 million followers. It's like, what? Like, come on guys, what are we doing on. here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, to Greg's credit, he was, he's brilliant. Like, you know, for him to come up with what he did and, and do what he did with it um, was great. I, you know, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like at some point, you know, he thought his ideas were better than everybody else's. And that's kind of what happened. That's what that felt like was like, you know, almost like him getting mad because Dave was getting too big type deal is what it felt like from the outside. I don't know if that's what happened, but that's what it felt like. And that was kind of, for me, if I'm to point at one spot, that's when it kind of all went downhill. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of hard to justify, you know, deleting your, your deleting your Instagram. <laughs> your, I mean, social, and, and here's the deal. It's like, I hate the whole social media type thing, but it's a necessary, it's what you got to do. You it know? is. So, yeah, no, it totally is. It, it, I'm curious from a, from a business standpoint, the programming. So you, you have almost 2000 affiliates that subscribe to mayhem programming. And as I understand it, that's so an affiliate owner can say, Hey, I don't need to worry about writing my own programming. Yep. Rich, Rich and his team's dialed. Why not just pay them you know, a monthly fee and, and we'll just implement their program, which I think is brilliant. That, so uh, when you look across your businesses and of course, to, to the extent you're willing to, to share, what is your biggest you know, like um, revenue stream? Because that to me, that seems like it would be huge. Is, do you, are you getting more individual subscri subscribers to your programming or is it and then you got Froning Farms. I mean, you got, like you said, a lot of irons in the fire. A lot of um, irons in the fire. Have yeah, there been I mean, any things that surprised you and you're like, holy crap, I was sitting on a gold mine, didn't even realize it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you know. programming, I think, is, you know, it's, you're, there's no product, you know, it's, it is a product because it is programming, but there's, you're not, you're not buying something to sell, you know, like with the bison sticks, we've got to buy the meat or raise the meat or whatever it is, buy the animal. And then pay all this other stuff. And then your, your margins are slim. We're programming. Yeah, we've got coaches and stuff like that. Like Darren and Christy kind of do the affiliate stuff. So Darren will write the programming and do all the warm-up videos and all that type of stuff. And then Christy is an incredible resource from a business side of like, 
hey, how can we do whatever and help you with this? So it's not just programming. Like there's other things in there. She's incredible with that stuff. And then on the, um, yeah, so we, I, I don't know the real number yet or like off the top of the head because it kind of ebbs and flows on the individual side, but individual, we have way more individual programming, individuals on our programming than, than affiliates. And so, you know, that's kind of our bread and butter right now. And so we want to make sure that, you know, those people are taken care of. Those are, you know, you, you look at other parts of the business and you're like, Hey, we could, we should do this. We should do this. And then you're like, Hey, as long as it's not detracting from the quality that we're putting out in, in the areas that really make us money. You know, like I look at apparel and apparel, it makes some here, but we're just making t-shirts, you know, we're not trying to make, you know, different shorts and different things like that. So it's more of a marketing tool. I look at it. So, you know, if our margins aren't as big on apparel, I'm okay with, or like media, like I look at media and you look at media on the books and you're like, wow, that was a huge red, you know, like, yeah. but it's, it's huge for marketing. Like instead of paying for a marketing firm or whatever, we have some in-house marketing um, that we do, but I look at YouTube as like, that's, that's where we make a bunch of our content and you're, you create that community because then people see, you know, this is the real authentic. Yeah. You're going to see on Instagram, like, I don't love Instagram and some of those other ones because you're seeing a snapshot. You're seeing the highlights. I feel like YouTube and podcasts and stuff like that is long form. You're actually seeing what people it's, it's harder to harder to fake on YouTube. I'm sure people still do that. But if you watch our YouTube, it's about as real as you're going to get minus some probably cussing because you know, you don't want to, you don't know who's watching. So yeah, um, try to tone that down a little bit on there, but for the most part, like what you see on YouTube is what you get. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that we've kind of, you know, taken that same evolution. That's why we started the podcast. And I do, I do agree that YouTube, the long form content, it's so much more authentic um, yeah. because you can, you can curate it to a degree, but, uh, but there's only so much you can do so much you can fake, right? Where Instagram is like, literally, Hey, look at my morning, whatever. And you know, you're, Hey, I hit this snatch today. You're not going to show the 50 snatches that you missed to get to that point or whatever, <laughs> the meltdown. And so, um, you know, it's, I feel like Instagram's your highlights and, and YouTube's your, your behind the scenes. Absolutely. Um, Rich, I'm curious, you know, you, you're obviously, you know, a man of strong faith and, and a family man as well. How has your faith, um, influenced, you know, the, the man you've become and how you've run your businesses and how you approached becoming an elite athlete? Yeah, man, I think, you know, I'm, my story is pretty well documented with, I grew up in faith, um, huge, like both, both sides of my family were very strongly rooted in faith. And for me, it was great to have that kind of upbringing and, you know, those influences. Um, but it was more of like something I had to do versus something I wanted to do for a long time. And then, you know, in, in 2010, when I fell off that rope, with some kind of introspection and some help from others and just, you know, actually getting into the word um, of the Bible. I realize now that whatever I was doing at the time, it's kind of defined who I was as a person, as an athlete, you know, look back at baseball, football, firefighting, whatever. And then CrossFit had kind of become that, you know, how I had measured my success or my self-worth as a person. And to have that kind of like, you know, everybody's like, you got second. It's not that big a deal. But for me, that was devastating. And so, like I said, good mentors, good, you know, just some friends, close friends with some um, hard questions. I realized that faith was to that point, you know, God, Jesus was where I was. It was like a Santa Claus, like, hey, 
you know, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? And let me read a verse that applies to my situation completely out of context, but makes me feel good on the inside. And so at that point, and I was like, man, I'm not living like Christ calls, called us to live. I'm not living a life that is um, Christ centered. And, and, you know, like, what can I do for you, God, and kind of show me where you want me to go. And so from then on, I could, you know, I hate the whole, well, Christians can't compete because, you know, God and Jesus tell us not to, you know, like whatever. And I'm like, no, complete opposite. You know, like I can com- compete from a, a position of strength because I know at the end of the day, even if I lose, which I, I hate on a personal level, I hate to lose at anything ever that I'm going to be okay because that's not defi- who defines me or what defines me as a human being. And so for years I could compete from that. And I've just kind of taken that into business and, and who we are at Mayhem. And so for us at Mayhem, we have four values that we stick to and they're, they're based off of personal values that I have and faith, family, fitness, and service. You know, like I look at it at the end of the day for me personally, you know, how did I do in my faith? You know, one through 10, try to be as objective as possible. Did I get in the word? Did I live out what I, what I'd say? Did I, you know, and, Hey, there's days where I do really good. And there's days where I do really bad and have a short memory on both of those days. So, you know, because it's, it's, it's like fitness, you know, you've got to carry it on. And so I look at the end of the day, how did I do family wise? Was I good dad? Was I good husband? Short memory, good days, short memory, bad days, try to put together as many good days as I can. And then for me, the easiest one, honestly, and, and shamefully, the easiest one for me to, to get in is fitness. Like that, I, it's almost a, like I have to do it, you know, obviously my family too, but like, it's just the one that's easiest I can look at every day is fitness. And so I'm trying to work on the other two, you know, like, Hey, make sure you're in the word every day, live it out. And then family, it's like, take some, like I'm with my family at all times, but Hey, let's have some like actual deep, you know, meaningful, whatever it's conversation or quality time, whatever it is, and not just let it be in passing and us just being in the same vicinity and like count that as, as being a good parent or a good husband. Um, and those things are hard for me. You know, like I had, like I said, I, at no point in my life, do I ever question if my parents love me, but we weren't, you know, like deep, meaningful conversation type people. And so I'm trying to see if I can, you know, do a little bit better job on that. And like, do I feel like I missed out on anything? No, not at all. But do I feel like, hey, it could have been good to have some of that? Absolutely. And so, you know, my parents now, um, as they've slowed down, like my dad tries to have deep, meaningful conversation. It just feels kind of weird to me. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, like we've never talked about this. Like he'll give me <laughs> advice on life. And I'm like, hold on, you know, like what are you trying to do here? And so, um, you know, I, I don't ever want to have that with my kids. I want them to feel like, hey, like come to me. If you have something, and I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to not, not, like I said, I'm not to say my parents didn't do that. Like my drug talk with my dad, and I don't know if he'll, whatever, he might get mad. I might get a text later about this, but um, <laughs> we're sitting there working on a four wheeler. He's like, Hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, Oh man, here's the birds and the beast. He looks at me and he goes, you're pretty good at sports. It's like, you have a chance to play college baseball. He's like, I don't recommend you smoke weed. He's like, I was pretty good at sports, started smoking weed made me lazy. I don't recommend you smoke weed. I've never touched weed because of that conversation. You know, like I was just like, all right, I can get with that. You know, like he, he said it. So I, you know, I was like, all right. And so, you know, we, those are our type of like deep conversations and you know, (laughs) it's just dudes, you know, it is what it is. So, so 
yeah, so I look at those, Faith Family Fitness, and then those are my personal. And then at the gym here, we add service. So, we, man, we tried to, um, you know, that's why we started Mayhem Mission and um, to, to just be a positive impact on the world. Well, those are awesome pillars, man. And I think, you know, for all of us, the, the, the most difficult thing is just seeking that balance, right? Um, particularly, I think for guys like us that are hyper competitive, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're so sometimes focused on pursuing things that can achieve tangible, successful results, right? So like yep. a business outcome or a financial outcome, it's like it's measurable. So we're drawn to that. If we're competing in sport, it's there's win or lose, right? It's measurable. Yep. It's, it's black and white. Whereas like, let's say the family or the faith metric, there's no scoreboard, right? No scoreboard. Um, so I think some people tend, you know, potentially to deviate towards what is measurable and they focus mm-hmm. on their effort towards those things because then they can be validated that, hey, I was the best in this or, hey, I, I made this much money or whatever. Um, and it, it takes a lot of, I think, uh, self-awareness to know that, hey, although the, uh, the, the, the quality time I'm spending with my daughter with my phone down doesn't show up on a scoreboard somewhere and I, I don't put it on a resume to get hired for a job and no one's ever going to you know, follow me on Instagram because of that or whatever. Right. Um, those things are just as important and we have to make sure we, we almost keep our own score. And it's so cool. You kind of even mentioned that with faith and right. family, how am I doing? You, you almost have to grade yourself yeah. on something that really isn't truly measurable. Um, but I'll say this, man, the fact that you're even thinking about it, you're way ahead of the game. Um, and I've, you know, I've tried to, um, now that I'm a dad, you know, do the same thing. It's like, I have to think about it because I'm so damn competitive. So if I, if I don't, it's like, well, no, I got to fire out emails tonight and I got to, you know, I'm, I'm scrapping, you know, people are sleeping right now. This is when I work. This is when I get ahead and and you get going and I'm I'm getting amped up even saying it. I know. Um, and you got to reel that in a little, right. You know, so maybe it's, it's, yeah, (laughs) I, I can remember the specific, specific moment. I took Instagram off my phone. I'm sitting there on the phone looking DMs or something, and my kids are playing on the floor. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And so right there, I took it off. And like, not to say that other things don't take the place of that, but you're like, all right, if I can start eliminating some of these things, and man, it it was, for me, I was like, dang, you know, you start thinking about those times, like, you know, it's almost shameful that it took me that long to do that, you know? Like, I think Lakeland was like four, and my little two were like two and one at the same time, and I'm like, what, what am I doing? You know? So it's tough, man. But it, it, and also like for me, the hard part too, is like, I can justify almost everything by, Hey, I'm providing for my family, you know, like, and so I've got to really sit back and be like, all right, am I really, what's, what's the negative and the positive here? And so, you know, for the most part, like if I can take my kids somewhere and it, it may take me an extra hour to do it, but you know, they're there and they're learning a little bit of something about, Hey, this is what it takes to get successful or be successful, then I'm going to do it. And so at times, you know, like I can tell people around here get annoyed or even like my wife at times, she's like, they, they can stay here with me. And I'm like, no, I'll take them. We're going to go do whatever. And really that was the thing with the farm was like, I wanted things for us to have to do and them to like learn and, you know, valuable life lessons. Like I hated it as a kid to do chores or outside. I felt like my parents were just like making up projects for us to do just for work and like I'd have friends over and they'd be like oh more people to help you know and so I hated that but now I'm like dang I appreciate that you know like it did instill some stuff yeah it all it all makes sense man once you get a little older and a little uh, older perspective man perspective 
Absolutely. Um, well, that's so cool, man. And, and for anyone else listening, like this is something I think we all battle and I think you can show yourself some grace, but I, I do think we do get sucked into our phones and all, all these other distractions and just, it just oh. comes down to quality time. And I will say, you know, to caveat it, there, there are times I think to over index on, on, on work. Um, if it's going to be a direct benefit to your family and, and those 100%. around you, right? So for yeah. when you were competing and, you know, training, uh, six times, you know, in, in the individual days, six times a day, then again on Sunday, like I'm sure your wife had to acknowledge this is a sacrifice she was making to allow oh, yeah. you to live that life. However, yeah. you're getting endorsements, you're winning the CrossFit games, you're, you're allowing, um, you it to provide for yeah, years to come. Exactly. Uh, right. And as long as, um, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, kind of a decision that, okay, this is what we're doing for this specific purpose. I think right. it's okay to do that. Um, and then yeah. you hope that while the quality of the time might be less, at least the quality is still there when you're present, there, but hey, right. when you're dad's got to go hit another session. You know what I mean? Well, it's that, just how it goes. That was the hard part. And that was the big thing when I stepped away from individuals. Like when we had Lakeland, my oldest um, was my last year competing as an individual, because I knew that it took it was a, you know, it's a culmination of things. You're burnt out at that point. Like to be the best in the world at anything, you have to be obsessive. You have to be all consumed by that. And I was done. Like I was burnt out. And then also having her, like I knew I couldn't, like when I was done training, I was thinking about the next thing I had to do. And I knew when she came, like she, I didn't need to do that. And so I could still compete on a team and still provide and still do the endorsement thing, you know, probably at a little bit of a decreased rate, but still make a pretty good living and then grow mayhem in the process. Um, but I could be present when I was training, I was training, but when I was done, I could completely disconnect. Or if at night, instead of sneaking out to go do a 5k on the rower, I could give Lakeland <laughs> a bath and, you know, those types of things that like, Love that. you know, I would think about that at night. Like I'd be like, Ooh, I could go hop and get, you know, extra something in and sneak out with Hillary out without Hillary noticing. But I didn't want to do that having kids, you know, like, it's just like, I knew that she needed to be kind of the, the center and the focal point. And so, you know, it all made sense at that point that it was, it was time to be done as an individual. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. That's a, that's a damn good justification for the decision you made. It and, was tough. Uh, yeah, it is tough. And that, that's why I got out of the military. Um, I had the same kind of dilemma, um, you know, yeah. in the line of work I was in, we were gone, you know, some years, 300 days out of the year. I was having a blast. I was with the boys. We were yep. doing, doing cool stuff, um, doing good dude stuff, you know, shooting machine guns and jumping out of planes. And I, I was living, right. it, it was, it was a, it was a, for a young man, it was the perfect life. But then, you know, I realized, all right, um, I need to be present. And while yeah. I do selfishly want to continue doing all these things that I worked really hard to do, um, you got to make hard decisions. Um, but I don't think in, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you'll never regret uh, indexing to family. You know what I no mean? Way. Uh, like no you're way. not going to be 85 and be like, man, I should have, I should have done two more seasons as an individual back right, in right. 2016, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's just not going to happen. Not going to um, happen. But, uh, I got two more questions for you, man. The, the last oh, one yep. we're saving is a fun one. That yeah, I've been, fun I've one. Been, right. um, but uh, last CrossFit question, CrossFit Games, what is your favorite memory? Um, oh, I want CrossFit Games specifically. Like, was it a workout? Yeah. Like, I think back to the tennis stadium, those moments. Um, yeah. But I don't want to obviously influence yeah, your yeah. decision. What Just for us CrossFit dorks, what is the, the, your best moment at the Games? I think, you know, it's tough to really pinpoint one. I think anything in that tennis stadium was incredible. Uh, Madison is cool in the the Coliseum, but it just wasn't the same as that open air, you know, some of those Saturday night workouts where oh, it's yeah. just packed. They're bringing in extra stadium, like 
those any of those moments there was the down and back chipper i just remember the air was clear i can remember random songs i never really heard the music but you can just remember random songs um there any of those um i think you know my final event as an individual just walking off the floor and having that knowing that you know it'd been a long weekend to get to that point being able to share that with everybody on the floor i think climbing into the stands in 2013 with you know everybody in our crew wearing pink um was pretty cool and then really man a lot of my like those memories as an individual feel like a completely different person like just years ago a lot of my cool memories that are like are the team ones you know like that first year when we won out of complete out of nowhere kind of surprise and everybody just like knowing the sacrifice that everybody put into it that's why the team stuff for me is just you get to share it with other people. Like, yeah, I got to share, you know, the individual stuff with, with people that had helped me train, but they weren't on the floor with you. So anything, you know, I think back, we were talking about it this morning, the, the wall walk thruster workout that we did in the Coliseum where it was like the crowds counting down. And then you have this pressure of like, I have to get to seven, but at five, I was like shaky. And I'm like, nobody wants to hear the like countdown. And then Ooh, <laughs> and so that's just what's motivating you. And oh, so like man. That's, that's a cool memory, you know, like any of those in the in the Coliseum or, you know, just team memories are a ton of fun. Yeah, I think for me, one that stands out is the the axle bar overhead lunge. I think it was 165. Oh, okay. that, was thir- that was 2013. Yeah, yeah, that was the year I was there. And um, uh, Bridges got out ahead first because what was it? Yeah. Ring ring muscle ups and hands and deficit on the uh, yeah. five and five. And then so he, up. you know, that's his jam. He got Smash out of there me. out of the gate. And yep. I think you got in second on the lunge and he had to break like three fourths of the way down. Yep. And you were just like the freaking Terminator, man. Like you knew him. when you got to him, you were not putting that damn bar down and the place right. went fucking nuts. Sorry, pardon my French if my mom's listening. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but uh, that was that was epic, man. But uh, so many good memories. Um, That's the same year uh, that Bridges tossed his belt. Yes, on the deadlift. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We he still talks about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that shows you the evolution, man. Um, yeah, you man. know, the, the the athletes now to to then the numbers are all like they're cra- the numbers are nuts. Not the same. I mean, you all of course at that time were still crazy elite, right? Um, right. But uh, it's it's just crazy to see now what is a, like a more of a routine number than yeah. what would have been like a massive like you'd clear the Huge ladder number, and yeah. you know so. Um, all right, last one here. I got. I got to show and tell. I got to. I got to reach under the show table to grab something. All right. So we're gonna have a little fun with this last. I guess kind of a question, but more of a story. Okay. Um, and story uh, I have to caveat this with what I'm about to say. Rich was respectful and kind, and he. I probably didn't even know about this. So Rich, you're gonna just gonna have to comment on the end whether right, he did or cool. not. Let's go but. For it. I have an email that I printed out from February 5th, 2014, back when uh, Born Primitive was about to be born a couple weeks later. And my scrappy self, um, I, you know, really didn't have any money and I'm trying to start this thing called Born Primitive. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So my brilliant idea was like, hey, let's let's take like the, the Michael Jordan of the sport and see if he would be willing to like take equity in the company in exchange Uh, for like in promotion, but I can't give him any money. And I know like he's a, I think at that time, maybe you were a Reebok guy. So of course, you know what I mean? To me, I'm like, no, give you some context after I'm sure. Um, So 
I, uh, I, I figured, you know, I'm going to put myself out there and see if we can make this happen. And it ended up, I think, you know, got through to your agent. Um, yep, I'll probably, just use first Web, names. Web Smith at the time. Web, yes, dude, it was. Me out a ton right. early on. Yep. So um, I sent you this email. I, I threw the Hail Mary. I think I'd reached out a couple times and I didn't get a response, which is fine because you're a busy guy. Um, but eventually, so this was the last email I sent. Um, and I just thought it was kind of funny, man. Trip down memory lane and then I'll, I'll yeah, provide some more context. But um, I would ultimately end up printing this email out in this email. Motivation. Th th this is the original right here. I took it out of the frame, uh, nice. has been above my desk for the last 10 years. Um, it, uh, it was in my locker when I was in the military training right next to the original newspaper cutout of nine 11 next to a picture of my family. So to put it in perspective, that's what this was, was with, um, those are the go. three all things right, that right. were motivating me. Love it. Uh, yep. and so, you know, a little, little bulletin board material. And I think anyone who's launching any endeavor, um, you know, where you start versus where you might end up, you know, you never know where it's going to go. So be hungry, be scrappy. Um, but yeah, just for fun, I'm gonna go ahead and read. This was me back in 2014. Um, thinking I was a little, little badass businessman with this, with this really cool idea. So here we go. Um, and I'm gonna skip some parts, but, uh, uh sent at three Oh five central time from Indiana. Hey, Rich, I hope training is going well. I've been holding off contacting you personally out of respect for you because I know you are really busy uh, with training and other endorsements. I wanted to take one final shot at getting a hold of, you, hold of you to see if you're interested in becoming a part owner and equity holder in our new company with zero financial contributions needed. Nice. Um, my goal at the start of this in May was to find a strategic partner in both the Olympic lifting scene and CrossFit scene. Because the company is small uh, and thus all the funds are going to product development and patent fees, I decided to uh, take a creative approach and offer actual equity in the company in exchange for product endorsement and support. We are officially launching next Friday and I really want you to be a part of our team. My brother and I would handle all the day-to-day -day aspects of the business, so you obviously wouldn't be expected to have a huge workload. For you, I hope you see this as a long-term opportunity that is different from other endorsements. You will be part of a business that you can watch expand and grow. And as that happens, the value of your equity will rise. It can never be taken away unless the company is sold, which would be a team decision. In closing, I hope you give this a little bit of thought and let me know where you stand. I can promise you that my brother and I are great teammates and we will make this worth your while. We were both division one football players at Yale and both made the Dean's list. Oh, wow. That's dorky. Nice. I can't believe I said that. I can't hey, believe I said that in email. That's, that's, solid, though. that's pretty dorky. Um, I will bring the same tenacity, intelligence, competitiveness, and work ethic to this product and losing is not an option. And, th and then it got cut off. I don't know how it closed it. Um, so <laughs> this went to Rich's agent again. So we got it rich. You know, we, we're not throwing rich under the bus here and to, and to credit, to credit to his agent, Webb Smith, we were not a business and rich had just won the CrossFit games and like was getting like, you know, real companies were endorsing him, <laughs> not some little like wannabe business out of the, my living room in Indiana. But, uh, Webb responded, um, let me find it here. Sorry. Bear, so there is no website and the product did not fit him last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> How would he probably access whether or not he'd want to go down this path? Question mark. I am not too keen on the necessary legal work that it would take uh, him, the out-of-state K-1 ownership form. Um, and, and this is the part that I highlighted. And his minority ownership for a product whose success would depend almost solely on him. 
Uh, Rich tends to focus on deals that minimizes needs to focus on that said deal. Um, If there is no guaranteed money or royalties, the partnership is not um, the partnership will not work. I cannot advise him to uh, be a minority partner of a pre revenue startup websmith. So that was uh, that was one of those moments, man, where um, here we go. And, you know, in the time, you know, there was no thank you. There's no good luck. You know, he didn't even sign it. It was just it was like, man, that was a gut punch. Do Um, Do you know Webb now? I don't No, oh, I okay. haven't. And, and I, I, and I, and I, and I, he, he seems strictly, to be like a, strictly business. At that yeah. Time. And he's he like, honestly, I subscribed to some of his content and he's yeah. like a brilliant mind in the e-commerce brilliant. space. So like the For guy's sure. killing it. Yeah. But if, if I ever see him, I'm, I'm showing him this email, Show him that email. Um, Absolutely. And, and I'm going to give him a post-it note. Cause I, I was proposing 20%, just so you know. Oh, um, okay. and I am going to give, whenever I see web, I'm going to, I'm going to just keep a post-it in my pocket Show at all times. Number, just, yeah, been. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him what that 20% is and just kind of give him a chuckle. And he's going to say, what the hell is this? And I say, you don't know who I am, but go <laughs> ask rich, am, go, go ask, ask rich. rich. <laughs> That's good. No, so, but yeah. to get the backstory at that, probably at that exact moment, I don't know the dates because it was, uh, we had Nike on one side and Reebok on the other. And so we were basically playing that game. So at that point, my Reebok contract was coming up and Nike was just getting into the space. And so to give you, that's just the context behind that. Probably a little bit nicer of an email would have been uh, more appropriate. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's where we were at. And Webb did a great job. We don't, we haven't worked together in probably, I think right after that whole deal went down. Um, like I said, he's a good dude and he's done some good things, but that's funny to, to revisit that whole deal and <laughs> think about what was going on in the CrossFit space at that time. I mean, like you're saying, like that was, it was on, we were on our rise at that point and it's still growing and you guys hit it right at the right time. And I, I mean, honestly, if I look back at that Reebok and Nike contract, I hit that at the perfect time. You know, like you look at now what's in the space and you're like, Oh, wow. So Nice. So it's no. cool to revisit that though, man. And I'm, it's impressive to see what you guys have done in space from that moment is pretty awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, and, of hey, course. and, and Panchik gave me a couple pairs of shorts and you guys have sent some, uh, um, some of the outerwear for outdoor stuff and it fits. Oh yeah. So there you go. That's so there you go. Good, man. It's all, it's all coming full circle. <laughs> all coming but, uh, full circle. You know, when we did this podcast, I was like, I can't not like, because this is, this is now framed on my desk. This is framed on my desk. It's been there for, it was originally just thumbtacked and then it got upgraded to a frame at like year six. Um, But uh, it's the original and um, yeah. And so did you, the Reebok, didn't you sign like a, was it a seven Um, or eight year deal? 10 10 year deal. So I'm on my last last year. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, to think about that, it's like, it's crazy. Like, to get a 10 year deal now, I don't think is, uh, no way, no way, no way. No way. And, and so how close was Nike? Like, cause man, within, how different, how different would it have been if you had become a Nike athlete for 10 years? Yeah. Well, so Nike was a shorter, that was the deal. It was like, I wanted at that point I needed, I was having a kid. Yeah. I wanted long-term. It was probably, it was like, I think, I don't even know. It was similar money. Okay. Oh, and with more back end, kind of like with Reebok, it was more kind of back end and percentages on the back end of the contract. And Nike was more guaranteed in a short amount of time. So then I'm thinking, all right, I'm paying more in taxes and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, I didn't know. I, I made the right decision in the long term, but man, to turn down Nike felt felt wrong. You know, oh, like you don't man, you don't turn tough. down Nike. I know. And so, like I said, I look back and I'm like, we made the right decision. Like I don't feel like with the way CrossFit Mayhem grew and some of the stuff that we do, 
feel like Nike might've been a little bit more like, Hey, no, you're, you're doing this. And so, um, yeah, man, you look back at those decisions and you're like, it, it's, man, every decision you make, you don't think about it. Yeah. Obviously that's a huge one, but you don't think about what, what, what it's going to look like 10 years down the road. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's well. Congrats, and I mean, obviously, a ten-year deal. Same on you, same on you, you guys, though. Too. You 100% made the right decision, and obviously, given the data you had at the time, you got you imagine that you got Nike, you got Reebok, and then you got this random this dude named Bear from Indiana <laughs> talking about snatch shorts. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, hey man, you guys have, you guys have that's, that's what's cool about it. <laughs> No, that's, that's too funny, man. You know, I think for anyone that's listening, that's like, you know, trying to start your own endeavor, like obviously Rich has done that. I've done that. Um, you know, in the beginning, you gotta be scrappy, um, scrappy, particularly when, when you don't have resources and, and a lot of times you're going to get a, a, a whole lot of no's in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but be, be persistent, be persistent. And, and, it, and it, you know, as you know, Rich, like it comes full circle and it, and when you eventually kind of achieve some, achieve some of that success, then you're having to be the one that say no, because then, you know, the roles kind of reverse and now right, people right. are reaching out to you for partnerships yep. and all that. So yep. um, for those that are in the trenches on a startup or wherever you are, um, you know, that it's just, it comes with the territory. Uh, don't get discouraged, be scrappy, work your butt off. Um, and if you hit, you know, if doors close on you, you just keep banging on doors and, um, on and, doors, and, and, and that's, that's what you got to do. But yeah, I just want to have a little fun with that, that one, but it's so yeah, cool to hear context awesome. though. I didn't know we were yeah. up against, uh, like in real time, Reebok and Nike <laughs> negotiation, that which was, is, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're smack dad in the middle of that. Like, I, I want to say I signed the Reebok contract in June of that year. And so I think you sent that email in March. Is that what it said? It was, uh, February, 5th, February. 2014. So, I mean, so, I mean, you're yep. talking like we had to have been talking to both Reebok, Nike, and I think I was still, I was at the end of an Oakley contract or something like that. Okay. You know, yeah. so it was like, I think I was Reebok shoes and Oakley apparel. And then it was like, we were trying, Reebok wanted all of it and Nike wanted all of it. And so it was like, man, perfect storm of all of this. So there you go. Heck yeah, man. Well, and hey, in this the CrossFit was, space, yeah. you guys are arguably bigger than any of them right now. So there you go. Yeah, we're, we're, we kind of, I mean, I don't want to say we fly under the radar, man, but I, I feel like we've, we've been there constant the whole time. And there's been other times where I've gotten other bill, like there was, you know, morning chalk up did like a little podcast and they had some big names on the podcast and they were talking about like the biggest brands in the space and we didn't even get mentioned. Um, I, they mentioned, that? they mentioned that? Puma, they mentioned, um, rad, which had just launched like three months prior. So yeah. I printed that. That's actually right next to your Heck email. Yeah. Um, it's printed. It's it's like, give it to me, pin it up. It's book it. And uh, it. I will remember they said that. And and I have a good relationship with Morning Chalk Up. It was, it was, they were facilitating a discussion. So it's not like I was right, like, oh, right. F the no, Morning Chalk Up. Hey, but but there, still- there was a few individuals on there that I'm like, yo, dude, like, how do you not, come like, come on. We've been, yep. we were born in here, you know, been yep. here 10 years. So, but it's all good, man. Um, and, uh, but, but this was a lot of fun, Rich. I'm, I'm glad we could finally um, yeah, link up. Is there anything you, next year. I know. Well, hey, we let's connect. Happen, so, let's yeah, connect so. on that. Um, cool. I know. I know Aaron's going to be doing the BC thing again, which yeah. apparently is like one of the wildest hunts. Um, and that was the plan to do I this like August. Wild. You're off the grid uh, for like nine or 10 days. You can only get in by plane. Um, the nearest civilization is 300 miles away. No comms. Like you're, you're just yep. out there, man. You're in out bear there. country. And uh, Aaron actually had his shirt eaten by a bear when he was out there this year. Sounds um, terrifying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're gonna get out west, um, you know, either Colorado or Utah, and do some cool, cool. stuff. But we yeah, can, we'll, we'll link up offline, man. It'd be really Let's cool to get out there with you. Um, anything you want to plug for the audience, man? Before we we close this out. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, as much as we joked about Instagram, Rich Froning is where you're going to see most of, you know, quick snapshots. But then our YouTube channel is just CrossFit Mayhem. I think it's CrossFit Mayhem or Mayhem Nation. I should probably know that better. But it's in there. <laughs> um, you know, we got some hunting stuff coming out videos wise. And then, like I said, our push, like I said, I want to I want to do more for the hunting community of like, I want guys to not have to worry about, hey, if I go to the bottom of this hill and kill this animal, how am I going to get it out? So at, at no point. Um, do we ever think that, you know, I'm like, Hey, if I got to go down there, that's where we're going and I'm gonna have to get it out. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we want to do. Kind of our next, obviously mayhem, you know, we're all, always going to be in the CrossFit community, but we also want to branch out and bring kind of the hunt community into the CrossFit community. So that's where our, our push is my, my selfish push, you know, like here on the team, they're like, let's just keep doing CrossFit. And I'm like, yeah, but let's bring some more people in and show them how cool it is. And, and it's authentic, man, because you're it's passionate real. about it, right? right. That's so you, what can, I like it. you don't even have to fake it. And you, nope. you're absolutely right. There is a major fitness need doing that. Um, 100%. That's, it's different than being in a tree, you know, tree stand tree somewhere. Stand, yeah, for sure. um, and yeah, like that, you got to carry it out. Like, so you, yep. if you can't, like, real, that's when man. the real work, real work starts. Real work happens. Yeah. Um, but that, that's awesome, man. Uh, makes total sense. But, but thank you. Thanks again for coming on, Rich. I know you're yeah, a busy man. man. Uh, you got a lot going on. So this was fun. Don't be a stranger. If there's anything we can do to support you, um, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and hopefully we can get together on a hunt next year or maybe it. even a, a, a workout at, uh, in, in Cookville. Come on, uh, man. Sometime. Come on anytime. So, Welcome anytime. Heck yeah. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good Appreciate day. It, hey, go Irish, by the way. I go know we Irish. probably won't make the, uh, the playoffs this year, but, um, still fan, solid. Right. Yeah. My, right. We grew up an hour from Notre Dame. Um, my brother, oldest brother went to Notre Dame. Dude, um, so it. yeah, we're, I'm, we're huge Notre Dame I'm, fans. Uh, I'm taking a, taking the kids this weekend to Clemson. So, oh, um, nice. I've kind and of, is that become, home? Is that home uh, or away? It's, it's away. So I'm taking the kids to Clemson. Uh, my wife, good friend of hers, Hillary never goes on girls trips. She's going on a girls trip and I've become friends with JD Bertrand middle. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's so, freaking man the man and so he's like hey i got two tickets i'm like well i'm on dad duty can i get two more so i'm gonna to take all three kids so it's just gonna be a little family uh dad weekend with with the kids so my i don't think i took trice last year to south bend which was incredible and then i'm gonna take lake and violet will be the, their first game so i'm i'm fired up my my grandpa went to notre dame i'm a huge notre dame fan um like you said i don't think the playoffs happening but hey you know it was a that was a tough stretch you know four primetime games <laughs> Yeah. Um, they just beat up at that in point, one you know? play against Ohio State, one, man. One Literally play. The, the last play of the game. Um, and uh, but you know, I think in the next in the new playoff format, though, they're in right. Like they're if this in. was yeah. if this and was I, next year, man, I like so. Freeman. I like where he's doing. I not that I didn't like Brian Kelly. I didn't love Brian Kelly. I think Freeman Freeman's the dude, and so I just like you know he's made some mistakes as a young coach, but I, he's going to get there, and he's young. I mean, he's. 35 36 so my age and um i like i like where we're moving i like the the direction i hate the way college football is moving with all these transfers uh, but um you know i i feel like one transfer is okay but when you're transferring every year i think it's ridiculous 100 because it's going to end up turning into guys that like if they're the number two quarterback they're just going to leave they're and gone then you're, gonna have to, you know, you're having to play to guys so, egos and and then and then the money yeah. part is just crazy it's um, crazy which i'm fine yeah, with them making yeah, some yeah, money yeah. and whatever like i said i'm fine with one transfer but i think you know, you make two transfers, you got to sit out of here like you used to have to. So that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Is, is uh, Bertrand, is he a big guy? Have you Bertrand's, met him in person? Yeah, I mean, he's bigger than me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I took Trice to um, the Tennessee Notre Dame baseball game, the regional okay. last year. 
and sat next to his mom because his brother was pitching. And then JD and um, Isaiah Foskey and some of those other guys came out. And Isaiah and a couple of them came to the barn and worked out. JD had just had a knee scope, I think, so he didn't come hang out. But we've stayed in touch. And um, he's a he's a bigger dude than you think. You know, like I'm I'm five nine. You know, like everybody thinks, oh, Richard's on steroids. I'm like I'm five nine and 195 pounds. Like <laughs> chill out. You know, so. <laughs> No, that's that's awesome, man. Well, cool. Um, you know, have fun at the game. Yeah, we were out yeah. at, the, at the Duke uh, Duke Notre Dame oh, game okay, at cool. Duke. Me and my brother Duke. drove down there. Cool. It's fun to watch Notre Dame games in other stadiums. Just other to kinda, stadiums, yeah. You I've, see I've how much never how, really been the, the Notre Dame faithful man. It's crazy. I mean, we it's were incredible. we were half the stadium at Duke. It I was it, it was not it was love freaking it. nuts. Um, awesome. so um, yeah, it goes deep, but uh, but awesome, dude. Well, well, you have a good day. Thanks for coming too, on, brother. and uh, and good luck with everything, bud. Appreciate it, brother. Go All Irish. Right. Later.